How can you tell if your neighbor is a werewolf? How did people wake up before alarm clocks were invented? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome back to This Paranormal Life! Yay! This is the comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale, case or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you are joined by... Kit Grimalvena, that's me, and Rory Pars, who's across from me. How are you doing today, Rory? I am hot, my friend. There is a heat wave burning its way across all of England right now, and we are in a tiny little studio room where there is no AC. There is no air conditioning, no fans no, or anything. No, no, no. The government uh, can get through the AC, my friend. They can we- hack it. <laughs> so we are just we are just cooking in this little room. And no water either, because they can hack the water. I don't think that's I don't think they can hack the water. So, you know, it's a toasty one. And when I get really toasty, I start I, I generally get quite a f- uh, flustered and start to get angry. But I'm not gonna let that happen today. I'm gonna remain cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, we are uh, recording in more or less a pressure cooker. Um, so let's hope that it just taps into some rabid paranormal investigating energy. Yeah. The year is 1847. It's August in Geelong, Australia, near Melbourne. This region was in the middle of a boom of lime burning. Basically, if you burn limestone, you can make useful things like fertilizer and construction materials. Right. Even though this area is now a beautiful seaside town, it's still called Limeburners Point to this day. And in the summer of 1847, they were building a new lime kiln. What the f*** is limestone? Sounds like something from Minecraft. <laughs> you never heard of limestone? Maybe I have, but the way you were saying it makes it made it sound so weird. Limestone. limestone. <laughs> this citrusy, delicious rock. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm so damn hot. Even the rocks sound refreshing. I'm thinking about Corona. <laughs> On corona the and limestone. One morning, as the men burrowed deep into the ground, they discovered something unexpected. Five old keys had been unearthed in the deep pit, each one around two inches long. They were tied together and were encrusted with soil, with a little bit of rust showing through. The workers thought they were cool, but didn't give them much consideration overall. The lime burner pocketed them, thinking they were pretty neat. He took one home for his kids to play with and gave one to a random passerby on his way home. And the story would have ended there if it hadn't been for a chance visit from a high-ranking policeman. Superintendent Charles Latrobe was in the area and had heard the exciting news. Not about the keys, nobody cared about them. He was interested in the excavation. He was into geology and couldn't pass up the chance to see some kick-ass sediment. G'day, boys. Nice hole you got there. Mind if I take a look? Nobody had any objections, so Charles Latrobe lowered himself into the pit. What year is this? I think e- I missed 1847. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have a problem? Just guys complimenting other guys' holes they've dug in the ground. Asking if they can take a look and sure, just lower them into it. It was a different time back then. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't like American psycho times where you'd be comparing business cards or buying stocks or something or whatever a man did in the 1980s. Yeah. Man, when, when, a, when a man in the 1800s had a midlife crisis, he couldn't get a, a two-seat convertible. Sure. He just had to dig a hole for limestone and lower his pals into it. That was <laughs> it. That's all you could do. 
He was in his element and couldn't resist the urge to educate his captive audience. <laughs> you know, these layers of shells tell me this spot marks the position of the shore at an ancient period. Anything that lay in the ground has been hidden all this time, but now we get to see it. That's interesting. We pulled a bunch of keys out of there just yesterday. What? Yeah, like I said, we found some keys. Show me! <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry. It's very important that you show me these keys. Please, tell me you still have them. Well, as I said, we—I mean, we found them, but we didn't know they were—they that they were that important. I'm sorry, you—you you found some ancient keys buried deep in the earth, and you—you you didn't think they're important. Well, I just so, thought so it what was, did you do? You just—you got them was, at home. You didn't give them to the museum yet. I gave one. <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. What's funny about this? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I gave one to just a man. That I saw walking down the street. A guy works at a museum, is that what you mean? No, he just was, he, he looked, he was passing. <laughs> my, my Australian accent's getting so much worse. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I feel like I need to like do every line like three times before I, I can say anything in Australian accent. Because I, I, I also go like Kiwi. I feel like I go more Kiwi with it. I, really? gave, it, I gave it to a man. Or like a man that worked at a museum or an archaeologist? No, just a man on the road. Oh my. Christ alive. Uh, what about the others? Uh, my kids have one. Your, I think I lost the your, others. Your kids. What ages are they? One, three, and one. So you've got twins. <laughs> you could have said the one and the one at the same time. Jesus Christ. Get me out of this hole. <laughs> but these guys were actually able to present a handful of keys to Charles. And he was thrilled to have the chance to examine them. They were found underneath 15 feet of solid soil that was dense and undisturbed. When he ran the numbers, he worked out the keys were as much as 150 years old. Oh! He believed the only possible solution is that they belonged to sailors in the 1500s. They appeared to be keys to a seaman's chest. But who did the chest belong to? And what be was contained to... inside? It's gotta be a better way to word that. Can we? Can we mix up the language a little bit? I'm sorry, what's wrong with saying that these are uh, Seaman's booty? No, that's... Uh, you didn't say that. That's worse than the first one. Well, I don't see what's wrong with talking about a little semen and chests on a podcast, <laughs> but Christ alive. These questions, however, only scratched the surface too, because there was an even bigger problem looming over the keys. No one from Europe had mapped Australia until the 1600s. These keys were too old. Charles thought he may have physical proof that would rewrite the history books. But things didn't add up. The keys were in pretty good condition, but in order to be found that deep, they would have to be there a long time. So he consulted a local historian on the matter. And after months of persuasive letters, he finally got to talk with them. But they were completely dismissive of the discovery. <sighs> the keys were dropped in the pit after it had already been excavated. There's no mystery here. Thanks very much for wasting my time. But Superintendent Latrobe wasn't about to give up on a case no matter what. Who cares what some local historian expert thinks? Besides, how could someone have tossed the keys in such a way that they became embedded in the wall of the pit? Mm. This discovery came to be known as the Geelong Keys, and it was several years before Charles made any headway. Eventually, he got the Royal Society of Victoria to print some pamphlets about it in the 1870s. 
interest started trickling in, and real scientists started investigating. Hmm. Thankfully, two such nerds, Edmund Gill and P.F. Alsup, studied the soil where the keys were found and made a monumental discovery. One that would make them take off their glasses, hands trembling, muttering to themselves, Mother of God. They estimated the age of the soil to be 2,300 to 2,800 years old. If they're right and the keys have been there all this time, then we have some serious questions on our hands. That would place these 250 years before even keys were invented. What is what is going on here? <laughs> this is this is a weird story. <laughs> and I'm kind of waiting for a moment to chime in where I feel like I kind of have a grasp on what's happening. But every the guy finds the keys <laughs> and they're really old. The further this story goes, it's just getting more and more confusing. This guy found keys older than keys older than keys uh, the, <laughs> do you know what i got that factory www.historyofkeys.com forward slash keys hyphen history forward slash history of keys that's my second favorite website just after guntimeline.com which we <laughs> we often frequent so what exactly is going on here as much as i would love uh, a boat full of cryptids holding keys to have discovered australia uh, 10,000 years ago. What we're most likely looking at here is a technology of an unknown advanced civilization that discovered keys long before <laughs> keys were invented. Like, they, can't, it's, they can't be that advanced if they still use keys. That seems a little bizarre that they don't use, I don't know, some cool... What do you want? Like, like handprint scanner machines that open up sci-fi doors. Well, it feels sure. a little weird for like... Aliens to come from another planet in these incredible crafts and still be like, oh, shit, I left my keys in the <laughs> in that <laughs> hole in Australia. I can't, can't start the damn UFO without the keys. Imagine <laughs> dropping your keys and leaving them on another planet. How pissed would you be when you Furious. get back to Zonktar 5? Oh, my God. And you left your keys on... <laughs> on Zonktar 3? <laughs> Furious. Which is 100 million light years away. This sucks as well because um, finding keys and, and, and not knowing what they lead to is like one of the shittiest things that can happen in the world because you don't want to throw out the key mm -hmm. in case you find the thing it opens, but you never know what the thing is that it opens, so you, you just have loose keys. Maybe this is how it works though. Sometimes technology becomes too smart. Right. Like the way nowadays you've got like uh, people unlock their cars with their phone, their house with their phone. Mm -hmm. So suddenly someone steals your phone. They got your car in your house. So maybe oh, it comes full circle and aliens are like, keys are actually pretty smart because if someone finds my keys, they don't know what they're for. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. I, I guess. Sadly, the truth is we don't know where these things came from and we never will. The Geelong keys and all the original sketches of them have been lost to time. Even the sketches? It's like someone was trying to cover this thing up. The reason, Rory, I'm telling you this story is because the Geelong Keys are just one example of what archaeologists call out-of-place artifacts, aka oop arts, <laughs> or op arts. It's definitely not oop arts. Things that, well, that's how it's spelled. That sounds like a breakfast treat. <laughs> like Pop-Tarts. <laughs> sounds like you had a stroke halfway through saying Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Things that show up in places they shouldn't. <laughs> there have been a lot throughout history, and some are simple, like Viking coins showing up in places that Vikings never went to. Right, right. But some are mad, and we have to take a closer look at them. Because, you know, 
finding some keys in a part of Australia before keys were invented. Yeah, that's pretty wild if you are an archaeologist or a historian. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these other cases where we find like a crystal skull on the top of an American flagpole. How would it get That's up there? I, <laughs> how would it get up there? That's the mystery, my friend. In June 1936, a married couple called Max and Emma Han were out on a stroll in London, Texas, when they noticed a rock with some wood protruding from it. They were curious and had little else to do, so they took it home to look at it a little more closely. They kept the hunk of <laughs> Again, I don't know. Different time, I guess. Just seeing rocks, weird bringing rock, them home. They kept the hunk of rock for 10 years uh, before their son, Max Jr., uh, came across it and decided to see what was inside. He chipped away at the rock with hammers and chisels until the boulder finally broke apart. In a twist that no one would have predicted, inside the rock was another hammer. <laughs> what?! The couple were amazed <laughs> and turned their discovery over to a team of archaeologists. They discovered the rock surrounding the hammer was from the Ordovician period more than 400 million years ago. And inside that hammer, a rock. <laughs> <laughs> they discovered Thor's hammer. This is... Why would you keep a weird rock for 10 years and do nothing with it? You had Mjolnir in your house for 10 years and no one lift it, lifted it up. Maybe they just kept this thing in like a dusty, damp old garage. So they just thought it was 400 million years old when it was just 10 years old. Yeah. This thing looks like shit. So to be clear, humans weren't around 400 million years ago. Dinosaurs didn't even exist 400 million years ago. They wouldn't arrive for another 170 million years. And they were famously anti-hammer. So you might be thinking, even if the rock's old, that doesn't necessarily mean the hammer is old too. It's a good point. Nope. When analyzing the hammer, they found it was even older oh, well, by don't the rock. Don't team me up like 100 that. 100 million years. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The wooden handle was so old, it was transforming into coal. <laughs> the head was more than 96% iron. The archaeologists knew that nature couldn't achieve purity like this. It needed technology. Couldn't the hammer have been made using these prehistoric materials? So even though parts of it were millions of years old, I mean... The scientists are like, get him out of here. <laughs> get him out of here. I don't want to hear this facts and logic. Tie him down. Hammer him. I guess... You could. Uh, sorry, I don't want to be popping holes in the in the story this early on. I am I am on board. I'm. But what's excited. the chances that you have a 500 million year old piece of metal? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's inside a 400 million year old boulder. <laughs> but though somehow the hammer is only like 50 years old or something. So the only beings that didn't live in the sea 500 million years ago were primitive insects. Way too small and weak to use a hammer. Never mind, make a hammer. So who or what made this tool? But if that one doesn't blow your mind, Roy, wait until you see this. In 1998, an electrical engineer called John J. Williams found a rock with a three-point electrical plug sticking out of it. This became known as the Williams Enigma Lift. A combo of Enigma and Monolith. What the hell? That is just... <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's just a, a, a rock with a plug <laughs> in the side of it. Imagine if you could plug a rock into a wall. Yeah. That's what we're looking at here. <laughs> Please tell me someone plugged it in. 
A geologist dated the rock to be 100,000 years old. The pr- <laughs> What's the likelihood that some kind of 100,000 year old intergalactic demigod uses the f-ing USA plug adapter? Yeah, th- this is bizarre. <laughs> they worked out the prongs are metal and have a weak magnetic charge. But when they tried to determine what the plug itself was made of, they couldn't determine it. It wasn't wood, plastic, rubber, or metal. It's no kind of recognizable material. Piss off, it isn't. Who, who, whoa, whoa, tell me who said that. I, <laughs> tell I, me the institution <laughs> that looked at an American plug moving and, on. and said, we, ha- we have no idea what this is. Oh, uh, for the record, it's not, an, it's not just a regular plug, guys. It's a rock. <gasps> With three prongs that sure look a lot like a plug coming out of it. <laughs> they also x-rayed the stone and revealed that there is uh, something opaque inside it. Um, oh, I do have the guy's name. John Williams, uh, the electrical engineer. He... He John Williams? He... <laughs> oh my God. He believes it's evidence of either extinct advanced humans or aliens. All right, well... I don't know why, even if it was, someone would need to charge a rock. That doesn't really answer that question either. Ancient keys? Sure. Extraterrestrial hammer? Sure. A rock with a plug coming out its ass? Well, you said the keys weren't advanced enough for you. I've just served you up some technology that we don't even have. (laughs) Electric rocks? But the keys do could do something. It's we not, don't even know what this does. It's not this like this could be a, a free energy machine. You plug it into a socket and it generates enough energy to run a planet for five years. Did they plug it into anything? Nah, <laughs> not sure. Too scared, probably. I know I would be. John, who discovered it, is very keen to have the object further investigated by scientists, but he's had very little interest. Now, that could have something to do with the conditions he set for the research. He insists that he, one, must be present for all analysis, two, the rock remains unharmed, and three, that he doesn't have to pay for the research. I mean, those are kind of fair, actually. I thought it was going to be a little more outlandish. It uh, seems a little unfair, though, because I've feel that to really get to the bottom of this we need to crack this puppy open that's you, you that's gotta fair, harm yeah. the rock yeah yeah you'll have to smash it in two but one of the most famous out of place artifacts was found in 1901 divers exploring an ancient roman shipwreck came across a mechanical device half buried in sand it had intricate insides like a clock and though it was badly eroded it seemed incredibly modern and sophisticated they managed to get it to land and while it took decades for anyone to take them seriously, it's now known as the Antikythera Mechanism. I'm going to give you, Roy, a sneak peek of what this thing would have looked like restored to its former glory in ancient times. Wow. So we kind of flew through a bunch of stuff there at the start. This was found on a boat? Yeah, they were oh. diving on an ancient Roman shipwreck. Right. So uh, we're talking like a couple thousand years ago. This thing is complex. This looks like, um, you know, when you have those wristwatches that show you the inside mechanisms of how it works. It kind of does. It looks like the mechanics of a clock. Lots of wheels, lots of dials, little knobs. But they're all broken up and sealed in planes of glass. So you can kind of see it in three dimensions. It's really, really strange. I don't necessarily know what this thing would be used for. There's kind of enough going on that it could be kind of anything. It looks like something a rich white person would have on their desk at work. 
that just <laughs> moves like perpetually in motion. More than a hundred years on from its discovery, a lot has been revealed about this thing. There are hidden inscriptions all over it, and people's initial hunch of it being a clock would have been very cool, but this was so much more. It turns out this is a kind of ancient personal portable computer of sorts that can chart the movements of the sun, moon, and planets. It could predict both lunar and solar eclipses, and even signal the next Olympic Games. Wow. Rory, did ancient Greeks 3,000 years ago have all the technology and know-how to create this device? you got to stop asking me such wild questions. Or did like they this. have a little help from the guys upstairs? And I'm not talking about God or angels. I just found out about this five seconds ago. So it seems irresponsible at most to, to make me answer a question like that. Why were they even so obsessed with the sky? All right, now I'm thinking you didn't even want me to answer. That Did was they like, have okay. visitors that bestowed them with futuristic technology? Could it even have been an All attempt right. to make peace between worlds? Sounds like whatever I would have even said, you had your What do you think of that, Sorry. Okay, so now I have to <laughs> respond to that question. Did an extraterrestrial race have a cyber clock made of gold that sunk to the bottom of the sea? Yep. Maybe. I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll ta- I didn't think I was going to get that, to be honest. So that's, that's a great input. Thank you for that. I'm going to keep moving along. Uh, no, really. Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've been given just enough information. You're feeding me the facts that are going to win me over. And maybe I'm not seeing another side what? to this uh, this case. Are what there any about, are there bud? any naysayers involved in this discovery? Because I mean, that's not even a picture that you showed me. That's a drawing. That's not a drawing. That's a photograph. No way. That's a is that a photograph? That's a photograph of a of the reconstruction of the pieces. This is a real thing we're looking at. But but as in as in that's not what they actually found. No, so, they found the they found all the pieces kind of busted up. Right, right. Well, how did they know that's what it looked like then? Uh, it just like put it back together. It's just like I don't know. If like, I don't know if like a an IKEA table fell apart, you'd be like, all right, A goes to B, B goes to C. <laughs> it's see, I don't know. It seems kind of uh... <laughs> well. It doesn't matter what order the pieces go in. It's clearly some. It's clearly a solid gold complex computing device from three thousand years ago. What do you want me to do here? <laughs> you want me to wrap it up in a. Dell computer piece of plastic and put a power cable in the back? Where's the monitor? Where's the RGB (laughs) keyboard? Where's the gamer LEDs? It's a photo. It's not a drawing. Okay, okay. Apologies. (laughs) You said it was a reconstruction, so I assumed it was was digital. But yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. This is like pulling teeth, man. 3,000 years ago, people were wiping their ass with their hand. They hadn't invented as much as toilet paper yet. You, you, and you, it, you mean to tell me this is just some normal stuff kicking th- about? You said it was found on a boat. Yeah, a 3,000-year-old boat. So people hadn't invented toilet paper yet, but they'd invented boats to cross the ocean? Well, sure, priorities. you got to find a place to wipe. Well, let me ask you this. Something that seems weird about it is why haven't they found any early versions of this thing, right? Anything leading up to this. Prototypes. Like post-apocalyptic people in the future, they're going to be raking through layers of iPhone 15s all the way down to iPod shuffles and nanos. But that wasn't the case here. It just seems like out of nowhere, they knocked it out of the park 
with this ancient computer. Surely they didn't nail something this delicate and complex in the first try. That was a question? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I don't know if it's the heat in this room. <laughs> normally, normally we say things, <laughs> I say something, and then you say something as a counter thought or argument to that. <laughs> I said, I finished talking and you just stared at me. <laughs> I have no idea. What it, maybe it is the heat. <laughs> like, I feel like a laptop that's like, like <laughs> melting and it's just the computing is, is overrun. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is the case. I mean, unless it was extraterrestrial and then all the prototypes would be on another planet. But it is interesting, you know, we, we um, to draw up some similarities, we had a case where we were investigating time travelers, people who had been captured as out of place in time throughout history. And one of the discoveries that we mentioned was, I believe, a tomb that was discovered where the person who was buried in the tomb, I don't know if you remember this, they had a ring on their finger mm. and the ring was like a little wristwatch. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like a Rolex that. or something. It was so de <laughs> It was so detailed that it had like the hands of the clock carved so into weird. it so bizarre but um it's a very similar kind of thing to what we're seeing today which is like artifacts from another time existing in the wrong place you know this is it this is why they're called out of place artifacts they're not saying they're paranormal or extraterrestrial or anything that's what i'm saying uh they're just saying this it doesn't really add up where why are they here this one's a little weirder, though, because I guess, you know, keys are keys. We have mm -hmm. those. A hammer and a rock can be old, but still we have hammers. But an ancient alien time lord clock is uh, is a little more bizarre. I've never seen a clock that looks like that before. It definitely upends a, a little bit of the story of what we thought those people were capable of. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed 
licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But I have just one last incredible story of ancient discovery for you. A scientific expedition through China in 1938 uncovered 10,000-year-old disks coated in thick dust. They were nine inches across and had grooves like a vinyl record. Right off the bat, if you found 10,000-year-old vinyls in the desert, what kind of sounds are trapped on those things? You ha- you have me a discs, brother. I'm on. Bo- you should have started with the discs. <laughs> are we talking about tiny little ancient alien UFOs here? I think we're talking about ancient alien vinyl records. So they're of music. Very thin. Very, like I mean, they're relatively thin, nine inches across, and uh, with grooved patterns on them. Please tell me someone tried to play it with a record player. A Soviet magazine reported that if you place the stones on a special turntable, they produced a rhythmic humming. Wow. Does that work with everything? Like, can you play a tree? A tree log on a record player? Like anything that has rings? I don't know how records work. Yeah, you you could... I mean, you could you sure. would probably make some kind of noise. Short answer, like, yeah, it'll I mean, produce some kind of... I guess the way the vinyl players work, it'll, it'll probably create some kind of energy... Um, so I could I could play like an old man. I could like set him down and but it plays play wrinkles. the wrinkles of, on his skin. <laughs> I guess the only thing is uh, vinyl grooves are very fine, as you know. So even mm. uh, I think the the way it works is like the deeper a, and wider a groove is. Hmm, let me get this right. I think the deeper it is, the louder the note is, and wow. the wider it is, maybe the uh, lower the frequency. So if you have like a really, if you're, if it was like a recording of a violin, it's going to be lots of um, really, really narrow, shallow right, grooves, right. whereas a recording of a bass guitar or, or a, I don't know, a f- bomb going off or something would be loads <laughs> of deep grooves. A dent in your, your vinyl. Isn't it weird that technology has improved and we have now just MP, MP3s and digital files and that seems weirdly less technologically impressive? than being able to play a disc, right. make audio from a disc, a physical disc. Yeah. You know, digital yeah. files, it's just, oh yeah, copy that, send that, whatever. But it's like, hey, you know this Frisbee plays music? That sounds ins- that sounds wild. Yeah, it almost seems cooler because the magic is when you is carving the music into the disc, really. Isn't yeah, that it? It, it, you'd be able to hold music. That's pretty cool. And you can kind of carve it into anything, by the way. I'm pretty sure I've seen um, people make vinyls out of like wax and like, I don't know, f- cheese and stuff. And, like, and it will play. It just doesn't sound good. <laughs> I want some crackers and Beethoven for dinner. <laughs> that would be delicious. We should, we should release uh, this Paranormal Life on vinyl. That would be cool. Yeah. Wow, like a big box set, an enormous <laughs> box set, 200 discs. <laughs> it's like the size of a 20-inch Domino's pizza. It's enormous as <laughs> every episode. Yeah, it's uh, not, not a lot of people know that. Like, uh, It's kind of a, a dying art, I suppose, because not that many people work with vinyl anymore making it. Um, but whenever you're making music to put it on vinyl, like you have to kind of 
there's only a limited amount of music a vinyl can hold right physically so if you have a really long song or really long album you got to either cut down the length of the songs or you got to get rid of bass because bass takes up too much space on the disc crazy how that works but I'm very interested to think, what is this uh, rhythmic humming that they, like, you know, as, as you like to say, is this activating uh, a f***ing Thulu sleeper cell underneath the ocean? Yeah. Like you're f***ing awakening Godzilla. But the lead scientist on the project at this time had a different idea than just trying to play these on a turntable. Looking at the spiral grooves up close on these discs, he realized it wasn't a simple groove like on a vinyl. It was a sequence of tiny hieroglyphs. <laughs> he managed to decode them, revealing an unbelievable story. They told that spaceships from a distant world had crashed into the mountains in China. They had been flown by a race of beings called the Dropa. And here is a translated portion of the symbols. The Dropas came down from the clouds in their aircraft. The men, women, and children of the neighboring peoples hid in the caves. When at last they understood the sign language of the Dropas, they realized that the newcomers had peaceful intentions. Another part described regret that the crafts had crashed in such a remote place where rebuilding their technology was impossible. They would never get back to their home planet. How did he get all of this from the, these discs? He, yeah. cra he cracked a whole alien language? You ever play charades? Yes. You can get across some pretty complex <laughs> ideas in just a couple of uh, images. And there are long established local legends in this region of small, yellow-faced men who came from the stars long ago. But folklore wasn't taken seriously, and nor were the translations of the Dropa Stones. Like a guy who's stupid enough to tell people he's seen a dog wearing Yeezys, the scientist had to self-exile himself to Japan to escape the ridicule. And like the Geelong Keys, the Dropa Stones are long gone. Damn, not even like a print of them or anything? There were suggestions that several museums in China had the stones for a while, but every institution denied it. Allegedly, a few were sent to the USSR for analysis, but those are gone too. I did read about a small museum that displayed a recreation of the discs, but removed it quickly after photos of the exhibit started circulating. Uh, so that you don't get mad at me later, I will say that, for the record, before anyone looks this up, Wikipedia do say this story is entirely fictional, but it is on Wikipedia. Oh. So, <laughs> that at least stands for something, right? 99% <laughs> of the stories we talk about in this podcast are quote-unquote fictional, according to Wikipedia. Those MIB bastards. Well, part of the problem is here, it's very hard to know what's proof of an ancient advanced civilization or aliens and at what point were ancient people just smarter than we give them credit for so i mean this is the problem with these these artifacts is we're seeing some today that are just old and out of place we're seeing others that are beyond any technology that we have i mean these discs for example we couldn't even really get to, if they were real we don't even really know what they were at one point they're a record the next, they're a slab detailing the history of an ancient alien civilization. It's all kind of like muddied a little bit, you know? This is the problem, though. I mean, we know this from investigating Roswell and investigating other UFO cases um, that, rev that would reveal the extraterrestrial truth that's out there. 
The government doesn't really like those things to get out, and Roswell was covered up instantaneously. Yeah. Um, so we're not really on a, le- a fair and level playing field here of normal information just getting out there on Wikipedia. So it leaves us in a tricky spot, Rory, because we are trying to, uh, as on all episodes of This Paranormal Life, trying to decide for the record, for history, whether a story is true or false, but kind of the rug's getting pulled out from under us. The keys, gone. The discs, gone. The hammer, I think it's still around, actually, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) the hammer is not a lot to go on on its own, actually. No, (laughs) that was the one I was kind of hoping would be gone. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I actually have a whole lot of pictures of the hammer <laughs> <laughs> oh and we got tons of pictures of the stone plug <laughs> oh jesus christ i forgot about the stone plug rory what are you thinking with all these ones we've gone through the stone plug. with the stone plug the really which is the piece de la resistance we have the uh hammer in the rock we got the the antikythera <laughs> mechanism the ancient that, computer you had me at that one that one was pretty impressive i didn't even get to the ancient grenade what uh, it's not really a grenade but it is cool they found this this is a battery a 2000 year old battery they found in iraq it's uh, there's something about this case is so funny because it feels like every single one of these objects could have been an episode <laughs> In their own right, but bringing them all into one is just kind of like this whirlwind (laughs) of adventures that like, as soon as you're like, all right, so there's this rock and it's got a plug in it. Pretty cool, huh? And I'm like, okay, so does the rock? It's like, our next object is in the bottom of the sea, an ancient clock from another world. It's like, so does the clock have a second, for a second that you would have let me talk about the plug rock for 45 minutes there's not a world don't pretend there's a world where that happened i had to move on quickly because you were smelling blood you smelled the weakness in the story and you were about to bite i had to keep moving at best the stone rock is a bonus episode (laughs) maybe we could have got away with it there where we i I don't know brought in our own rocks from the outside world and talked about them on the podcast (laughs) trying to mash them into a plug socket I appreciate that what we've got is quite a wide net here, but there is something that ties them all together. These are all out-of-place artifacts. Yeah. Things that appear in the wrong timeline in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, though, as you said, is it's at the end of the episode, we need a conclusion. And we have a lot of things to conclude. So it's kind of up to us to decide, are we doing this one by one? Is this a blanket statement about objects that appear out of time? As far as I see it, If we can find one of these that's uh, proof of some paranormal um, alien visitation or alternate dimension or et cetera, fill in the blank, then we've got a yes on our hands. Okay. Okay. But if none of them meet the criteria, it's a double no. That seems fair. That seems fair. What do you think? Do any of the discussed objects jump out at you as more interesting than the others? It's the clock for me. Yeah. Mostly because we have some sort of physical evidence of it. Uh, the others are old stories um, with very little, I mean, to no photographs or descriptions. Um, whereas the clock, you know, at least there's something to go by with that thing. I, I feel like we're really doing a disservice, by the way, to keep calling it a clock. It's not a clock. No, it's absolutely But it's like, a, they call it a mechanism because it's a, it's a little computer. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre looking. Um, and it's probably the most researched thing, to be fair. It's been researched for over 100 years now. Well but, over 100 years. But even that, I don't know. 
I don't know what we would need to um to really prove and cement the fact that this is from some sort of ancient civilization. It's true. Um, I think you're right to hone in on that one. You know, with some of these others, um, it's very compelling to hear that we've got a 500 million year old hammer, uh, because in that case, if that's true, there's literally no other explanation than aliens, <laughs> because humans didn't exist. Yeah, you, you made a good point. It was before dinosaurs existed. <laughs> it was before anything other than insects existed. Right. Uh, basically. And I, you know, I'm not a, a well-educated man, but I don't think mosquitoes were flying around with little hammers before the dinosaurs were around. You know what they say, when you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But this was before nails were even <laughs> invented. So to be honest, the boring potential explanation here that some scientists put forward is that some of these objects, like the hammer, were dated in the 1940s. That's creeping up on 100 years ago from today's times. Yeah. And their dating techniques weren't 100% accurate. They probably weren't even 50% accurate, let's be honest. So really what we're looking at, is it more likely that aliens created a hammer just like the ones we use? Or that the dating techniques were wrong and a miner just dropped a hammer and it got encrusted in rock? That, I never even thought about that before. Even if it was an ancient civilization that had made this hammer, why would it look like a hammer? Why would then millions of years later we make hammers Yeah, I, without ever seeing this original prototype of a hammer? To be clear, <laughs> it doesn't look like Mjolnir. It doesn't look that cool. It actually looks like a shitty little Minecraft pickaxe. Okay, okay. And actually... More than one person said it looks pretty much exactly like the hammers that the local miners uh, used over the last hundred years All in right. America. Th th these are some of the facts that probably would have done me good to to hear while we well, were. Well, I'm <laughs> telling you now, aren't I? Sometimes I wait till after you've said no, and then, and, then I, and then I come clean. I'm scared now. I feel the need to ask. Is there something you're not telling me about the clock, the ancient alien clock? Oh, boy. It's uh It was a Rolex. Just, it's made out of Legos. <laughs> it's it's a uh, you can buy it. It's a Lego project. Uh no. The, the clock's legit. The clock checks out and the dating is a much more accurate, much more uh, you know. <laughs> when you get back to the 500 million years ago, it's a big margin of error. Uh these days they've got the whole like 2000 3000 year old thing done pretty done pat. Right, right. You know, I feel bad Rory because I have blindsided you with a lot of information. So why not let me take the lead on summing up this case? I think whenever we look at, at all of these, we do unfortunately have to discount a couple of the earlier ones including say the hammer based on some scientific issues. The keys, they don't exist anymore. The discs, probably a hoax. Um, so what we're really left with is only a couple of things. It, to be honest, it's really the mechanism and the rock plug. <laughs> and I almost <laughs> insist on discounting the rock plug. <laughs> you know, and I think it comes back to something we sometimes touch upon in this paranormal life um, and have to dance around. And it's a, a lasting question. Did the ancient people have help from the stars or were they just smarter than we think? And I think if we're being honest... And if we're being fair to those ancient people, they probably were just smarter than we think. Yeah. Sure, we discovered their, you know, wooden sandals and brass swords. So we think that's all they were capable of. But it's not really fair that if we discover an awesome uh, computer made out of gold, 
that's from their time, it's not really fair for us to go, ah, those dumbasses couldn't have done it. It must be aliens. Yeah. It's, we should really start from a place of, hey, maybe they were able to do this kind of thing. It's a little different with the rock plug because I think that 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 it just doesn't really make sense. <laughs> you gotta. I wish I hadn't brought up the rock plug at this point. I, I, I feel like did. the whole episode is going to be overshadowed by the rock plug. I mean, Christ, the episode <laughs> title is probably just is is this pl- rock a plug? <laughs> Listeners, I almost insist that you look up this this, this rock. There's something so oh, funny geez. about thinking about back in the days of cavemen, and uh, you know, a caveman just. Uh, going to visit his friend and he's like hey you coming out to join the hunt and he's like yeah just uh give me give me two minutes i got i gotta finish charging my rock my rock's on about two percent <laughs> piece of shit doesn't have any battery you have a portable charger my rock is diet my, my rock's been on low battery for days now why does a rock need power <laughs> It's so confusing. I feel like in some, doesn't this look like a, per, it's the perfect thumbnail for a YouTube 2 a.m. Click, oh, yeah. clickbait video. Like This is great. It kind of sums up this paranormal life in a way, you know. What, what if there is untold mysteries of the universe out there? Rocks that hold electricity. My God, <laughs> what a time to be alive, folks. We do have to come down to a decision about this whole episode. Out of place artifacts, are they paranormal or not? And like I said, I'm going to take the lead here, Rory, and put you out of your damn misery and say, I think we don't have enough evidence. I don't think these specific items I brought to the table are paranormal. And I think I have to give it a no. Uh, I think it's going to be a no from me this week as well. It was close, though. You almost had me with that rock. (laughs) I almost went full circle with the rock (laughs) that it was so weird that I was like, this has to be real. It's almost genius. Because no one would even try and trick a scientist and say, look what I found, because it's so bonkers. And now that now the, the dust has settled and we've given our double nose, oh, why why even <laughs> have a circular plug inside the rock? I mean, surely you could have perfectly embedded the prongs. I'm getting too in the, in the weeds of this thing. No, I, I'm right there with you. Now, now it's weird. Now that the pressure is off and we made the decision, I'm actually starting to come around to that rock. Interesting. Might have to revisit this next week. Two-parter. <laughs> Wow, guys, uh, I guess I'll have to put a link to this rock in the description of the podcast um, for you to see the truly psychic mind-bending qualities of this boulder. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this foray into all things out-of-place artifacts. If you know of any others that are really fascinating that, that have kept you up at night thinking about them, please let us know at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. If you can't get enough of this paranormal life, though, and you could do with what will inevitably be a six-part series into the history of that hammer that's 500 million years old, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where for only $5, you can get access to over 40 full-length bonus episodes. Wow. That is a steal. We probably should have charged more. That is, that is a lot of content for very, very little money. It really is. Like, if you think uh, in in the main episodes, we only release about 50 episodes a year. Isn't so that to crazy? think that for $5, you can access a whole other year's worth, practically, wow. of episodes. Pretty cool stuff, I think. Um, and there's other rewards over there, so go check it out on Patreon. The links are in the description of this podcast. And before I forget, thank you so much to Kami Toman, for editing this week's episode, and to Amy Grizzell for researching it. Um, Roy, how are you feeling over there? You look like you've f- melted like uh, the Wicked Witch when she's got water thrown over and all that shit. 
I'm a fried egg. <laughs> <laughs> it is so hot in this room right you now. You feel a 400 million years old. <laughs> yeah, I feel out of time. <laughs> I feel like a mummy that's been cooked in my own tomb. Um, it's just a combination of a very hot room and a very hot, intense story today. Go, traveling all over the world, looking at artifacts. I feel like Indiana Jones. He's always like, well, he's always sweaty, but in like kind of a sexy way. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's, he's always, always got a couple of buttons undone in his shirt and the hair poking on. Yeah. I don't know if I can quite pull that off. Right. I think I look a little bit more like a greasy Wall Street businessman. So I, I don't know. Do you think I'm pulling it off? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i not in the like... I was kind of putting myself down, hoping that you would lift it up and be like, no, you don't look like a... No, you, uh, you don't look too... What'd you say, greasy? That's a good word for it, actually. No, you don't look... You don't look like any more greasy okay. than normal, I would say. But that's not... I don't... Is that a compliment? It doesn't sound You're, good. You know, you're looking like... Um, you know, you've always got a little bit of a weird kind of uh, greasy little greasy... Like <laughs> slimy glow. <laughs> greasy little greasy? But, uh... See, no this more is, than usual, I This is say. worrying to me because no one has ever seen Indiana Jones and called him a greasy little man. No, and they wouldn't because he's he's People slick. Like. He's got a beautiful glow. He looks like, you know, yeah. he, he looks like a pregnant woman in the prime of their life, you know. Uh, whereas you, cool. no, it's more of like, uh, imagine one of the aliens from Men in Black Let pretending me... to be a human and they kind of <laughs> can't quite hold it together. And they think they're going to get caught at yeah. any second. So they're sweating bullets yeah, 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 in their yeah. greasy little body. Well, let me try and like sex it up a little bit. Um, it belongs in a museum. So I'm wearing a hat as well, actually. So that's kind of um, like indie. What was that? It, belo- <sighs> it was me trying to do an Indiana Jones impression from the movies. Oh, see, I it belongs oh, in a wow, museum. I never would have got that. I mean, that was just it wasn't that bad. It's one of his more. Fa- I feel like know, I could have not even done an accent, and you would have been able to tell what it is. You see, just the the way you look, and like just snakes. you as a person. Just, I hate it's snakes. So fu- no, not why did it, it have to so be snakes? Far away. I mean, this is like this is like you know watching a chihuahua try to drive a speedboat. It's just so like so far away from the the mark. Okay, so. You're saying if they were to cast like another Indiana Jones movie, you would be, just... you know, I don't want to say the last person on earth because they're, <laughs> Whoa, they're, right, they're obviously rude. there's women who, you know, they, it's hard to play a man if you're a woman. <laughs> um, but you will be after everyone, after every man, woman, and child. That's well, right. the joke's on you because I actually auditioned and I got the part. Not of Indy, but his greasy little sidekick, Roy. <laughs> there's no way I auditioned for that part and I didn't get it. <laughs> you walk into the audition room. Sorry, we didn't ask anyone to put on hair and makeup. No, don't worry. I'm this greasy all the time. I'm here to audition for Indy. You? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we have got the part for you, my friend. <laughs> all right, that's enough rock talk. That's enough grease talk. Um, check out the Patreon. Check out the merchandise on thisparanormallife.com. And most importantly, hit subscribe. Make sure you're following. And check back in next Tuesday for a brand new paranormal tale. See you then. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.